Welcome to the 202020 Mastery Mission, The Stories. In this part two recording, we welcome back our guests to share war stories and bake in the concepts covered in their mastery session. Concepts are great, but everyone loves a story, exclusive to hunters and unicorns. The 202020 Mastery Mission is sponsored by SOAP, the global recruitment partner for the Playbook community. Welcome to the 202020 Mastery Mission. We welcome back Lauren Ball to talk about her experiences and to share stories and insight relating to the topics that we've shared in the previous recording. Now, Lauren, in your, as part of this recording, you're going to share with our audience the concept that you can't just explore a kind of a, a linear career trajectory, a kind of a direct trajectory, and that sometimes it's okay to, to deviate from that. So, so just introduce that and tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for the opportunity. I think a lot of people, when they're thinking through their career, um, I will put myself in that category, we're constantly thinking about the next level up as we think about career growth, that promotion path, that next title. Um, and what I wanted to share today is that that trajectory doesn't necessarily have to be you know, climbing a mountain straight all the way up. Some of the experiences that you get on a lateral way can actually be huge opportunities for you and can actually come out um, exponentially better for you from an opportunities perspective, um, as well as just overall exposure. So I think for me, it's been definitely eye-opening as I navigated my career. And I can share that a lot of my colleagues and individual individuals that I mentor um, went through the same thing. So take us there. So so take us to, to to a point in your career where this really rang true and you really had to start making these types of decisions. Absolutely. So I think early in my career, if I think back on it, I didn't realize that I was doing it when I did it. And let me give you some specific examples. So when I first came out of college, I took a financial analyst role and the director of sales came and tapped me on the shoulder and he's like, Lauren, you're way too outgoing. You're coming to sales. Um, so I became an inside sales um, rep at the time. And this is before we even talked like commercial enterprise, all the things. Um, and then I very swiftly moved out to a field sales role and doing very large deals. Um, if you can imagine, I worked for a company whose parent company manufactured semi trucks, like literally the big semis, and I was selling those. So that was an interesting experience. And then from there, when I moved over to Intuit, I took an inside sales account manager role. And actually, if you look at it on paper, I took a step back from a title perspective. But from a growth perspective, I went from selling, you know, paper, financial paper to selling software. And anybody who has converted into the SaaS world will tell you that's a change when you're dealing with, you know, something tangible. And then as I navigated my career into it, I did a lot of lateral moves. But what I didn't realize is the different exposures and verticals that I was learning as I was doing that. You deal with different leaders. You work with different peers. You work with different departments, legal, procurement, product, customer success. Those all helped shape me to earn the opportunities that I did when I did start climbing up the ladder and get those leadership roles. And even when we talked about um, in the previous uh, session, you know, I had a lot of life events that occurred with me at Intuit. And I didn't realize that I had the foundation, the equipment to go and be a leader at Intuit. But all the times I was taking those different roles, 
our teams were setting all of us up for success to take on the next challenge or adventure. So I think that that's something that people lose sight of. We're so focused on the title that we lose sight of all the credentials that we're gaining on, you know, our CV or resume, or even just life skills. Um, and that translated again to me at AppDynamics. You know, I was a second line leader at Intuit and I took a frontline leader role at AppD. So cool. Learned medic. That's not something they put on the job description that you're going to learn medic. Um, they certainly don't tell you the uh, network that you're about to meet. That was a completely different expansion from the network I had at Intuit. And had I not taken that leap of faith, I wouldn't be here today having a conversation with the two of you. Might be a bit of an obvious question, but what, why do you think people are just looking at that linear? I think one titles path. translate to money, and I will tell you from personal experience that is an absolute not true. Um, they can translate to more money, but it's so much more than that. It's you have to be successful in the role to earn the money in sales. Um, so I think part of it is finding a role that you can thrive in. And most importantly there, Ali, is finding um, a repeatable process. So it, this isn't just about sales, but for me, the majority of my career has been in sales. So I'll speak to what I know. When you have success in a role or you have, let's say you have an awesome quarter or an awesome half year, you immediately think that there's the grass is greener in the next role because they're, they have bigger deals. I'm going to earn more money. Well, you also are going to have a bigger quota. You might have different territories or as a leader, you might, who knows, you may be managing individuals who are really struggling. And so instead of going and closing deals, which you love to do, you're spending time developing those individuals, which is immensely important. And that's the whole reason why you're in leadership, but it's the why of what you think you're going to go do is different. If you're not doing your due diligence and really thinking about the work, you know, the challenge that you're running towards. So I think that that's the biggest thing is there's a lot of assumptions made. I talk to my team all the time about not assuming because we all know what that does. Um, but I think, you know, it's, it sounds so simple, but it's really so true. How do you find the balance of selling yourself short? So perhaps not going for that next step because perhaps you don't think you're quite ready and finding the steady trajectory where you're going to have more, more kind of balance and well-roundedness. Ooh, that's a good one. I think it goes back down to articulating your why. And what I mean by that is you have to articulate your criteria. So, you know, that steady well-roundedness, if it's fulfilling your personal goals and you're seeing not only attainment from a income perspective, but you're also seeing fulfillment on you learned a new trait, you were exposed to a new project that you wouldn't have been exposed to that gave you something that's, you know, part of your long-term trajectory. Um, I think that has to come into play. I think a lot of people have blinders on that piece. Um, I think the other thing that we, I know I didn't do it in my career and I know a lot of people here, I actually ask this question now when I interview, if you feel like you're going to be, I use the term a lot of my peers do too, being over your skis, like just so overwhelmed in the next role, you have to ask, you know, what do you see in me as we call them opportunities. Where's, where are the main opportunities that you think we need to focus on if I take this role? Whereas what do you see is really good because it's good for you to level set with that hiring manager or whomever to make sure that you're on the same page. You mentioned in the first recording about, you know, sometimes you get hired into roles that perhaps you're supposed to grow into. 
So, so with that in mind, how, how do you know that you're not overstretching yourself, but also that you're not holding yourself back from taking that step when you are ready to take that step? I think this goes back to your mentor. Um, I will never forget calling Tom Schmidt after he had exited out of app dynamics and I was taking on a bigger role at app D and I said, I don't know if I can do this. And he's like, what are you talking about? And he laid out to me all the different reasons of the reasons why I could take it. And I actually needed to hear that from someone that had had observed my work, but wasn't my direct leader. And he wasn't the hiring manager. And I've done the same thing for some of my peers. I think that we talked about the imposter syndrome, Ollie. And, you know, I think the biggest thing is that first quarter, you're going to be so overwhelmed. Um, I joke at audit board, anybody who's heard from me lately, I'm overwhelmed in the best way possible. Like I haven't looked in the rear view mirror. I'm excited about the work I do and I'm controlling what I can control. And you also have to be um, comfortable with, I don't think it's failure. I think it's just, you got to pick yourself up when you stumble and you're going to stumble a lot, but actually, as long as you're learning from that and you're iterating off of that, that's actually the best for the business. And what we don't realize is the business is learning too. You know, in our environment at my current company, we're, we're growing really fast, which means we're learning fast, we're failing fast and we're moving on. Have you found any times where perhaps you have overstretched yourself or perhaps you have held yourself back equally in terms of, you know, reflecting on your career? I think I probably think about it a lot. Um, probably the biggest impact was into it. And I think it took those life events for me to put on my big girl pants and make some decisions that I probably had just, um, I, I lived in a really safe environment. Uh, we were very comfortable financially and I was like, I'm good. I'm fine. Complacency is the worst. And until you realize, and you look at yourself like outside in that you're complacent, I think that that's when you, um, start thinking through, gosh, I wish I would have stretched myself further. Uh, I will tell you the role I just took is probably the biggest stretch that I thought I was taking. And now that I got into the role, I was like, oh, I actually do. This is built. I'm pulling from every role that I've taken before. And, but I am more mature in my career and in just as a human to go and say, you know what, this is a huge blind spot for me. I need somebody to sit me down and walk me through this because I've never been exposed to this. And I actually have a peer that does that really well. And we collaborate with one another. But part of it is got to learn how to share that because people just assume, again, that silly word that you know what you're doing because I come off confident and I'm positive and I'm finding a way to find a way. But it doesn't mean that I know everything and I have to make sure that I check my ego at the door. Lauren, you, you talk about and you spoke about in the previous session um, mentorship and finding the right mentor. Is there any advice you can give to our viewers on helping them find the right mentor? I think, um, so I have different people that are in my life that I call for different reasons. Uh, but what I would share, especially in my, um, earlier career. And even now, if you have a mentorship program at your company, that's not within your department, start there. That's a great way to start. A lot of people do it. And it at least gives you an avenue to start figuring out how to navigate that conversation. Um, I also encourage you, even if it's not mentor, but it's a safe place. If you have colleagues that you worked really well with and you all have gone different directions in your careers, but you still keep in touch, that's another great person to pressure test because they knew you at a moment in time or at a stage in your life. And now you're in a different stage in your life, perhaps. Has that changed your personality? Has that changed what is really important to you? 
um, so they can help you level set that. And the other thing is ask, is there somebody that you really admire? Ask, you'd be surprised at how many people really are fulfilled by that. I can tell you it is by far my most favorite thing I do in my career. I love it. I make time for it. I never cancel them. Um, because like we talked about earlier, it's the part that really, um, fulfills me. And for those of us that have found our path, I still have people that I look up to. It gives me a way to pay it forward and make sure that they're finding a way. I don't want others to stumble the way I did. If I can help them navigate around that, (laughs) that's awesome. Maybe they'll get there faster. I'd love to work for some of them someday. That'd be great. And what's the commitment? What, what, what does that look like? What's the agreement? So the ones that I mentor, I usually spend um, an hour with a month. Um, and we talk through that. I have some that I meet in person. I have some that we, I've, there's one that I'm currently mentoring and she lives in Seattle uh, and she's navigating a career change right now. And the other thing is as you get to know your mentors, you might be surprised at how quickly you speak with them. I have um, several that call me when they're navigating a career change or a job change and we talk through it. I actually have three people I'm texting with right now while they're going through an interview process because it's, you know, it's a crazy market out there. And the other thing is, especially, I don't know if they do this for individual contributors, but I've been really lucky as a leader to have a coach, like a a professional coach um, through some of my employers. That's another great way to take advantage um, of just learning how to navigate that conversation. And they'll be super objective because they have no idea what's going on. You share with them whatever context you want to share with them, but they'll keep it real, which is for me, has been very fulfilling. How has that really helped you? So kind of if we were to bring it into, you know, where you are in your career and, you know, when you particularly needed to overcome certain barriers, talk to us about how, you know, take us there. I think for me, it helped me find my confidence. So I have a great friend network. I have an awesome husband and they're your biggest cheerleaders, parents, I'm very lucky. Both my parents are um, super supportive. I have a really supportive brother. We're each other. We're constantly talking to each other about work. Um, But for me, I work in an industry that my dad's an engineer. My brother's in energy. I'm in SaaS software and my husband's in investments. So you could not have four different people if I'm talking about my group. So for me, the mentorship part one has helped me realize as I'm mentoring others but I have a lot more in my toolkit than I realized. So it builds your confidence. It also for me has helped me articulate my thoughts. So we talked about finding my voice. Well, part of finding my voice is figuring out how to articulate what's up here and be able to vocalize it or present it or, um, you know, even presenting in front of a big group and realizing, um, you know, your presentation skills and business acumen. So I think that for me has been the biggest gift is just realizing what I have to offer and then holding myself accountable. If I'm doing this for my mentee, I might need to do this at my company for my team. Um, and I think from my mentors, they challenge me in ways that I wouldn't challenge myself because I tend to take a conservative approach on some things. I'm not risk adverse, but people will tell you, I, I'll just cautiously optimistic, cautiously do a project. Um, and they tend to just throw me in the deep end, which I'm thankful for because it's a safe place. And then I can also share all the things I'm scared about and we overcome them. Amazing. If you were to really reflect on yourself, Lauren, I, I can't imagine there are moments when you're not 
you know, a great person to be around. You, you obviously have this, you exude this kind of personality and it's very kind of outward facing. But in terms of finding the authentic self, did you find that sometimes the exterior was quite different to the challenges you were facing interior? And, you know, some of, some of that, that this battle helped you marry the two up. Is that, is that kind of a fair assessment? Sure. Well, first of all, thank you for the compliment. Um, I think, yes, it did help me. So especially when I, the divorce I was pretty open about. I mean, that's kind of a hard one to hide from when your name changes and all the things. Um, (laughs) But I think, you know, the child issue and, uh, or not being able to have children and going through all of that, that entails fertility treatment and everything else. I hit a lot of that. So internally I was just a mess. I mean, I can't, that's the best way to describe it. Um, But outwardly, I still had a team to run. I still had a business to run. And so that's where I think for my personality, I am a very positive glasses half full person, but I also keep it real. Um, my team will tell you, I'll let you know if I don't agree with something or even if we have to do it, I'll still own it. Like, I don't know why we're doing this, but we have to do it. The business needs us to do it. Like, just go do it. Um, so I think that that's something where for me, I've learned as I've grown to just be vulnerable guys. This is, I'm struggling with this today. Or my team will tell you, I, my favorite, y'all are killing me today. Like, you're killing me. Why are we talking about this? Why are we working about this? Let's let's get the bigger picture. Um, but I think from my experiences, it has taught me that, and especially as a female, it's okay for me to share that I'm frustrated about something. It's okay for me to share that I'm sad about something. What's not okay is for me to not have come to Tom Schmidt, my boss or whomever with a problem without a solution, being able to separate the emotional, just I'm tired. I'm frustrated with the business side, the professional of here's what I'm dealing with. And here's how I think we should solve it. And then being ready to hear, well, no, that won't work, but let's do this. Okay, great. We're at least moving in the right direction. Um, I think that that from doing all these different experiences, that's probably what's equipped me the most in my life experiences. I had to do the same thing. I had a problem and I had to find a solution. And that's how I navigated it. Do you think that as a female practitioner, you've had to hide your emotion or you felt that you've had to hide your emotions more? Why? Um, I think especially the mad emotions, the frustrated emotions. There's a word that starts with a B that female get called. And it's like the worst word ever to me, because I think there are guys that can be called a word that starts with an A and we're actually saying the same thing. Um, and so I think for me, it was figuring out how to articulate that. I think I, but I also had to articulate my thoughts. So it goes back to my peers. I'm not going to say it's a man woman thing. I'm going to say it's my peers because I'm really lucky that I have an equal seat at the table and I am the only female on our sales team right now on our VPs, but we have so many female leaders within our organization that I don't think it's that. I think it's, I put human interactions before I put the business. I want to make sure you're good. And sometimes I just have to call it how it is and realize that we all have thick skin and it's going to be okay. Um, and I think that part of that is being vulnerable with your peers and just saying, I'm super frustrated right now, hear me out. And then you can talk me off my ledge. And actually I find that a lot of my peers are going, what Lauren said, I feel the same way. Hey, the way she, yes. And I just might have less of a filter than they do. So I think it's articulating that. Um, I think it's also being really transparent, at least for me with my peers, 
clearly I'm pretty passionate about that B word. I don't like it because I don't think I am one. And I think it's important that you share that that's a trigger word for me and it helps. They, they want to empathize. They want to learn. And I want to learn from them as well. So have you found a balance or do you think you are still finding you are suppressing your feelings because you're worried about how it would be perceived or, you know, where are you with it now? I think I found a balance, but I will also tell you in my entire career, and it doesn't mean that in other roles, I haven't had a great opportunity. This is probably because of where I'm at in my life and also the role that I've been lucky enough to take on here at Audiboard. This is the first time that I've truly felt like my voice is just as equal, if not more profound than some of my peers. And, um, it's a, that, wow. That's like what an incredible opportunity, uh, that I feel that I have. Uh, and I think part of that is I came in confident and running towards a challenge. Didn't know what my title was going to be like super excited to go tackle the world, um, and one step at a time. And I think that that, probably articulated through my posture, my behavior, my thoughts. So yeah, I think I'm pretty content in my space right now. It doesn't mean I don't have off days, but I'm probably more open to sharing that I'm having an off day. So just, just take it with a grain of salt, or maybe we should talk tomorrow. Let me go run upstairs. Um, but they all know that they're used to that. And they are the same way. We all have our moments. Yeah. Amazing. I, I think this is probably a, a really kind of good place for us to you know, start to, 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 to wrap up because I think Lauren, you know, when, when we ask people to come on the show and, and, and share their stories, you know, we're, we're so grateful that you've been so honest and transparent and, you know, you've really spoken from the heart and, and, and true to yourself. And I think, you know, if, if we are to reflect on, on authenticity, I think you've absolutely epitomized that in, in abundance. So thank you so much for, for sharing the story. And I'm, I'm certain that many people will be left inspired, motivated, energized, and are running towards those opportunities um, thanks to, uh, to, to what you've shared today. So thank you so much for, uh, for, for being with us and sharing your story. Thank you. Yeah, thanks again, Lauren. Really do appreciate it. So to all our viewers and listeners, we hope you've enjoyed the session. If you've liked what you've heard, please share and subscribe. But a big thank you to the wonderful Lauren Ball for joining us here today. And we look forward to welcoming him back to another Mastery Session soon. Thanks, everyone. Have you enjoyed the session today? Please help others discover our series by sharing and liking our content. Are you on the mission? Click subscribe so you don't miss out. The 202020 Mastery Mission, The Stories, are brought to you by SOAP, the global recruitment partner for the Playbook community. Check out somuchsoap.com for more information.